It's about to get real with the MTV original reality TV star OGs, John and Beth, as they chat with great guests to discuss reality TV, music, pop culture, and real world life. Pick up your phone and go to wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Getting Real with John and Beth. Turn it up. Getting Real starts now. So, Beth, I was sitting on my computer and I got all of these messages from people. And they were saying, hey, uh, Ayana is doing a podcast and she's talking about your new music and specifically your song, I Ain't Done Singing Yet. And I said, she is. I said, I'm not sure I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on. on, And she's talking to this podcast about, you know, she heard your song and she loves you. And, you know, she's on the challenge and she's on road rules. And so immediately I wanted to hear what in the world somebody was saying about my music because, you know. And, uh, and then I saw, oh my gosh, you know, this is flattering. And I started following on social media and got a hold of her in a private inbox and said, I heard what you said about my music. And she said, I love this song. It really spoke to me. So we became friends and, and just encouragers to one another. And, you know, I like all her posts. She likes all my posts. And it was just so flattering, really, because she liked my music. And so not long after that, I was, uh, I was watching the challenge and she was licking her fingers eating this salad that belonged to Jody. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's my friend. That's, that's my girl. Well, Jody was my partner that I walked into the Inferno two with like on the opening, like we were arm in arm walking in there, you were there. And so I was a little bit like, Hey, Jody's my, my girl. I have no history with her. Cause I didn't last very long on that show, but here's Ayana eating her Greek salad with her fingers. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And we got to get her on our podcast. I've grown to love her so much. I pull for her in life and uh, she a little cray cray sometimes. I mean, I've looked her, I've looked her up on TV and on road rules and a big star of the challenge on our podcast today. Best Ayana Mackins is here. Welcome. Oh my gosh, what a great intro, Ray. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just like I said, I'm appreciative of this opportunity and and John, I just, you know, and maybe this is a little too personal, but I think that many times in the more recent years that that real part of the real world, you know, it people really forget how absolutely young we were and how much of us going into those experiences were kids that were exploring who we were and 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 going out into the world and finding our place in it. But it really wasn't for stardom and and fame or anything at that time. It was it was more of a documentary type of thing. And um I'm finding that with the whole challenge all stars expression that's happening now, many of us from that time, the analogs, the last of the analogs, we do connect in a very real space. And mm. You know, your song ain't done singing yet. It really touched my heart during a time in my life where, you know, you make choices and life takes you in a certain direction. And the voice of what you haven't done is turned up and it's mm. amplified way louder than God would ever amplify it. And, uh, you know, your song just kept me, gave me that reminder that the things that I worry about, God stopped worrying about it when it happened. He just mm. waiting for me to catch up. <laughs> and, you know, I just appreciate you and your authenticity. You encouraged me so much. Beth, did you remember watching Ayana? What was the first time you ever saw her? Was it Road Rules that you uh, the, 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 the first time I saw Ayana was on Road Rules. 
before we talk about that, I want to say, Ayana, I love what you said about John's song, I Ain't Done Singing Yet, because his song is very inspiring and music really helps inspire people and heal the soul. And so just to hear the, to hear you say that, um, you have that connection with his music. I love that. So it's crazy. You. Cause and I've you, never met her. She's on this, I this on this podcast, just talking about this song. I'm like, well, that song was about me. You're finding, you're finding inspiration from it too. And then we talked on the phone for an hour one day and she's like, that song tells me that I've got life to still live and I've got things to accomplish. And uh, this was a year and a half ago. This was a while ago. And I thought, my gosh, I've never I remember had... when you told me about that, John. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, because I called you. I said, guess who I just spent time with on the phone? That's so great. So, okay. So the world was first introduced to you on road rules. Was it semester at sea? Yeah. Oh yeah. How, how did they find you for semester at sea? Is it something, did you watch the show beforehand and you wanted to be on it or did they find you? Well, they came to my, my campus. And again, you know, for all those pre, all these analogs out here, you know, you didn't have social media and you didn't have the internet. So, you know, MTV, that was pervasive. MTV, VH1, your major networks and radio were the primary sources of just mass communications in general. So when they came to our campus and were auditioning people that were standing in line with their Polaroid photos and their prom pictures with the date cut out and because remember, we had to be intentional when we took a picture back then. You couldn't just snap and have a thousand photos in your palm of your hand. A picture was special. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we didn't know what the picture was going to look like until we got it developed. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So to jump to, they came to our university and there were about 2,000 people standing in a long line. And I decided that I was going to capitalize off of all these people standing in line. And I went and bought a bunch of Polaroid film and started taking photos of people so that they could attach it to their application. Smart. And at the end of that, this guy comes out, his name is Mikey, and he says, you can't do that. You're not affiliated with us. And you're, he told me everything that I wasn't. And at that time, me being, you know, the snarky person that I was in life, he said, you're coming, you're coming to where I live to find somebody that lives here at Howard. I can do whatever I want to. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing you can tell me that I can't do outside. You can't tell me that I can't take pictures of people and and give it to them, sell it to them. You can't do that. And if you try to make me stop, I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be bold and I don't care. And at the end of our huge argument, another girl comes out and she says, let me talk to you. I said, you can talk to me as much as you want to. You know, I'm like I said, and I thought it was all silly anyway. Like I thought it was just it's like somebody telling you you want to publish this clearinghouse. You know, I didn't think that I was ever a candidate for anything. So she told me to fill out this application and I completely just didn't take the application seriously. I think I wrote like I wrote half of a fake name and just just I wrote all kinds of just crazy stuff that I thought would completely sabotage me being even considered as a candidate. Um, I think also I saw it as I was losing money because I was selling those Polaroid pictures. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and all these people were kind of jumping through all of these hoops trying to do what they thought was going to be exciting, you know, because Beth, when you were on the real world, and John, when you were on the real world, you know, we got to remember we're about eight years out by the time I'm, you know, auditioning. So, you know, 
all the okay. things that had happened on your shows had happened already. So people were starting, just starting to get this notion of, I could, you know, do these extreme things, be on these shows and get a little notoriety. Like it was just, mm-hmm. just beginning, even though on both your shows, everybody was just being their authentic selves for better or for worse, you know, from Pedro to Puck, you know, um, <laughs> if, if they that if the flavor of those chilies was hot, it was a hot chili. If the, if the ice was cold, it was a, it was a cold piece of ice. Not too many folks were putting on for cameras, if that makes sense. So, but during that audition, we're eight years out. So people were you no know, juggling and, you know, it was looking like, um, I think they call it America's Got Talent nowadays. It was looking like a audition <laughs> for America's Got Talent. Or Star Search back then, you know, like a variety show, and it was all just very. Uh, it just it just was 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 silly to me and and kind of nonsensical because I'm seeing like my friends who I know are you know in divinity school and in the biology department and in engineering, and all of a sudden you know juggling apples to try to get on MTV. So they're, they're just or, being over the top and theatrical. over the top and yeah. playing, you know playing guitar and whatnot in ways that, you know, you don't, you know, you don't know the chords very well. So that being said, uh, that then enveloped in the beginning, invited to talk to them later on that week. And then just like we all, we all sat in a, a room one day and the phone rang and we were told that you're the one. And you had that moment where you don't, you're in disbelief. You're like, wait a minute, what? I'm going to live in this house and have this job and live with these different people from that, 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 that may or may not see me, you know, and I want to know what that felt like. We just have to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Ayana. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stephen Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Okay, and we're back with Ayana. Ayana, how did that feel when you got that call that you made it? You just, you didn't have to do anything crazy. You, you just, you made it. I mean, what was going through your head at that, at that point? Man, you know, because I got the call to go on road rules mm-hmm. and then to go on this semester of seed as the ship, right? And so I remember my head feeling like it was going to explode because, again, we didn't have the internet. You couldn't just... You couldn't go to India by the click of a button back then. India was in a book. It was two-dimensional. You know, the closest thing I'd ever been to India was, you know, the Indian restaurant up the street. And even then, you know, you rolling the dice back in the 90s, you know. <laughs> it was going to make your stomach bubbly. Um, what year was that, this? You were on road rules in which year? In 1999. Yeah. But I found out in the fall of 98 that I was... So before Facebook, before really, you know, cell phones, before social media in general. And so this is, you got to really take yourself back to that. And so was semester C was a great experience. You loved it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those experiences where you look back on it as an adult. And there are times when you do revise history for yourself, because now you have a sense of knowing and you're like, wow, I, I appreciate these small moments that maybe when I was 18 or 19 may have, you know, not have been as important at the time. And then you also tuned down other things that just were not that serious and not that deep. What do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned from your experience on semester at sea? Oh, absolutely. Knowing language, knowing, knowing other languages. Um, my exposure to having Spanish in my life did make my way for like the first half of that trip much easier than a lot of other people. Because when I heard Portuguese, I was able to make connections with people from Brazil. And, you know, when we were in Cuba, I was able to talk to people, make connection. And I know that that's why I'm working at the school that I'm working at now. I know that's why my all four of my children speak multiple languages. I just, I feel like when you do open yourself up to how other people communicate, whether it's an actual language or if it's understanding. And I'm again, I'm going to tie back to music. When you open yourself up to how other people express who they were born to be, I think you can have a little bit more tolerance when things don't always match up in your brain because you can connect with someone from a different angle and see their humanity and, and see their grace. And, you know, to me, I think, be a little bit more compassionate. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned currently work at a school. What do you do there? Um, I'm the family liaison. My primary role is to work with families um, that are at just varying levels of needing support. You know, sometimes that support may look like something like my situation. You have a family member that's dealing with, you know, a critical illness or a terminal illness and, you know, their children may need additional supports at school. I connect the dots. Some of our families have some, you know, pretty high need circumstances. Um, we are a reflection 
of our society, you know, um, post-COVID. You have people that are in housing insecurity, financial instability, food insecurity is big here in D.C. It's very expensive. So, you know, my primary role is to help families that may need someone at the school to be a pinch hitter between the teachers and between the different service providers to ensure that the ball continue the, the needle continues to move down the record. A lot of times, you know, folks may say, oh, I need help. And then that's the period at the end of the sentence. You don't always have intermediary along the way to give you encouragement. Yeah, I know you called last week and said that you needed help. I'm just calling to check in. How are you doing this week? Oh, that went really well. Okay, great. Let's see what we can talk about to keep the momentum going. And, you know, during some difficult times in my own life, you know, I also had coaches that helped me out and helped me move past my tough time. So the whole notion with us having a family liaison, and we're not the only school in D.C. that does this, but the notion of having a family liaison is that we can get in front of some of the things that might be barriers to a student coming to school or barriers to someone feeling membership in our very diverse community, uh, especially if socioeconomically they may not be able to, you know, get the be able to, to move in in certain ways. Uh, but but that being said, uh, you know, that's what I do. I've been at my school as a as a parent for 15 years hmm. and as an employee for about three. So well, I know you've been doing it for a while. You're very dedicated to it because we've been trying to get you on the podcast here for months and months. And you said, well, I'm at school and I have children and, you know, John, I'm busy, but I want to do it. We're going to do it. And so you know, we could talk about how hilarious you were on All Stars and you, you know, having fun with tech and and just, you know, cracking all your jokes. But the elephant in the room is that you spent many, many years helping families in your area. And now you're in a position where you're dealing with something, the big elephant in the room. I didn't know you were dealing with till you revealed that on social media. And now there's a big outpouring that certainly we could talk about, but I mean, if you don't mind, tell, tell our listeners what you're dealing with and because I think it's really common and, and is it, uh, is it something that now you're having a hard time having people do for you what you do for others? You know, we hear the term breast cancer and we see the pink ribbons for many of us until you have to either wear that ribbon or you're touched by someone who's wearing the ribbon. It doesn't always hit home in the same way. And the one thing that has been difficult for me is that on the inside, there's the Ayana that ain't done singing yet. And there's the Ayana that's moving heavy things across, you know, sands and is this super fighter on the inside. She's there. She didn't go anywhere. But on the outside, for the first time in my life, my body doesn't doesn't move and work the way it always has. I'm about five months in. I've been doing chemo. It impacts my body every single day. And it's I've always been the person that can deal with pain. Oh, I can deal with pain for, you know, an hour. I can deal with pain for two hours. Oh, I'm an athlete. I can deal with pain for a week. Right. When you have constant pain, that's radiating pain and don't do painkillers. I don't do opioids. I don't do any of the things that people can do for that kind of comfort just because I don't, I know I'm going to have major surgery and I want to be able to have the lowest dose of anything like that because I can't even take the risk of getting uh, an addiction to something like that and then not being able to be here for my kids. Um, But that means 
my walk is is hard and like I said, it's, it's, it has gotten to a point where I need help. Well, well, I, I just I want to say that it's so brave and courageous of you sure to is. share your story like this because you could really help save somebody else's life right now. What happened five months ago? I had a mammogram and I knew something was wrong. I had a gut feeling that something was wrong. But like many, and I don't want to just say women, but I think men do it too. You feel something's off and you put it off because of your your responsibilities of people that depend upon you, your own routines and rituals. And you say to yourself that, oh, you know, I've been around 46 years. I can I can put it off one more week. I can put it off two more weeks. Well, in my case, uh, at my job, I had recently transitioned to a different position. And then with that position, I got more health benefits. So that was my, you know, that was my uh, one of my reasons for putting it off. I said, oh, well, when I get better health insurance, you know, then I'll, I'll go get everything checked. I'll go get my, my teeth cleaned and I'll go get, you know, that little weird spot on my toe checked out. I'll do all the things. And I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And what I was noticing was that this lump that had appeared, it started getting bigger and it started being painful to me. So I went and got a mammogram and the mammogram, I mean, immediately, the technicians, the doctors was like, this is not normal. We need to get you in here tomorrow for a biopsy. I went soon after that for the biopsy and went back for a second biopsy. And that's when I found out that not only did I have invasive ductal carcinoma, but also it had metastasized to several of my lymph nodes. And that if um, it was classified at that time as stage two, which is considered early breast cancer detection, but it was far enough along that they're just like, look, if we don't do something about this right now, this is not going to look good for you, given your family history of breast cancer. Uh, because of my family history, I was able to get genetic testing covered by my insurance. And that genetic testing revealed that I am a carrier uh, of the uh, PALB2 mutation, which is a gene that interacts with the BRCA gene. And basically when it works properly, you know, it doesn't produce cancer cells. You know, it doesn't encourage the growth of cancer cells. It's actually a protection when they work together properly. But when there's a mutation on them, that protection is not there. And it's inherited and it's rare. When you have it, your children have a 50-50 chance of having it. And the science to be able to detect it is relatively new. However, it is so, uh, it's so, it's so amazing what's out here for women under the age of 30 and 35, that if you know that you have a risk and you know that you have opportunities to know, there's just so, it's just a wealth of information and a wealth of therapies available that would keep you from ever being on the operating table like I'm about to be. There is no cure for cancer, but prevention and being able to make you know, sound decisions, you know, based on science to offset ever having to be in my position, that's priceless. And so that little Ayana, or I guess I could say big Ayana, but that person that's inside me that stands up to fear and is not scared of anything, she's like, I need to have the courage to get online today and talk about it. And, you know, for Rachel to reach out and make this decision to say, let's go. We're gonna get you the support that you need to get you through this so that once you get on the other side of it, you can stand up 
strong and continue to fight and continue the advocacy and continue to break the silence. I mean, this is why women die because we don't talk about it and we're ashamed and we put it off and we're fearful. We need to talk about it more. You said you had a lump and we're also saying that something felt off. Can you tell us, can you share with us what else you were feeling that was off besides the lump? Did you notice anything else that was happening with you that just wasn't right? Um, yeah, just again, around the area where I had my tumor, you know, when I would lift my arm, I would feel discomfort underneath the arm. And, you know, being that I did, you know, I was with my mom when she passed and I was, you know, I was by her bedside from the time that uh, she went in until the time that she, you know, transitioned. I was just real clear that when changes happen in my chest, that you have to that's that's not that's not normal. You know, I breastfed all four of my children, so I knew what it I knew what natural changes felt like. And this mm-hmm. didn't feel that way. It didn't feel that way at all. So uh Ayana, what would you say to women and men? Men can get breast cancer. Uh what would you say to women about uh, you know, not putting off checkup, even if you don't think anything is wrong? Like you noticed some symptoms and you noticed a lump, but a lot of people are getting this and not realizing that there are any symptoms. I mean, what what do you encourage women to do? I would say if you're listening to me right now, I'm sure that we can attach a link to the American Cancer Society to this podcast uh-huh. or to, you know, a wealth of resources where you can literally click on a link and make an appointment. If you have to make 10 appointments, make 10 and choose one. Um I will admit on this podcast that I had made two different mammogram appointments and missed them because, oh, no, I I need to take care of this or I don't have somebody to pick up the kids today. So I'll put that off at the same time. uh, me. I think a lot of women can identify with you, Ayana, because you give so much to your kids and so much to your community. And you were putting that all first instead of taking care of yourself. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap. So thank you for for sharing that with us. It's really really important to take care of yourself. Yeah. So don't put it off. Yeah. Go and, and have those checkups for sure. Because I mean, really may not feel like this, you caught it early. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. And so you're dealing with a lot of chemo and said, you look, you're looking at surgery also. I mean, it's net cancer is never a good word. It's always a scary word, but you, you still caught it before it, it was much worse than it could have been. Yeah. And the main thing is that again, this, there's so much, I think that we also, you know, getting back to your mom and, you know, since we both have that shared history, there was an anxiety around me opening that door for myself after seeing what my mom had gone through. And, you know, Beth, John, that was a mistake on my part because how cancer is treated in 2024 is not the exact same as it was in 1999. It's just, it's, it's just not the same. There are different therapies and endocrine therapies and immunotherapies there is just a, so much that's, that we've learned over the years. You know, sometimes it seems like a drop in the bucket when, you know, people will run 5Ks. You know, I'm running a 5K for cancer, right? Or I'm I'm doing jump, I'm jumping rope and for heart and I'm doing pennies for patients. And sometimes it doesn't seem as if those drops 
matter, but they do because they generally they trickle up to research grants and and these opportunities where the, the needle moves in positive directions. You know, I um I I know that the information that's being collected and gathered as I'm walking through my own process, that my children are going to be able to draw upon it when they're making decisions about their bodies and just not having a stigma around it. So again, I just I just encourage anybody that's listening, if you had an aunt, if you had a mom, if you have a, if you had a sister, uh, just ask the question at your next appointment or make a mam or make an appointment to have a mammogram. Propel B2 mutation, men can carry the gene. It does increase the risk for prostate cancer for men. That was something that I've just recently learned within the last week, that even though it increases the occurrence of breast and ovarian cancer for women, for men that are carriers, it increases prostate cancer. All of which, as you just stated, John, if found early, are you have a higher chance at having a prolonged life. Now, what you have to go through to get to that prolonged life, it ain't easy. It's hell. It's hell. We're going to take a break and we're going to be right back with our last segment with Ayana. Today we're talking with Ayana and we, we talk about road rules. We talk about the challenge, but right now we're talking about her health and, and really you've been so brave and this is an audio podcast, but you know, when I'm looking at you on the screen, you look awesome. You look strong. You look brave. You're we glowing, you Ayana. So yeah, You're like, glowing. And really are. we, uh, you know, it's been neat to see, you know, this dysfunctional family that we have. Because, you know, I've never hugged your neck. I've never been in person, you know, <laughs> flesh with you, but we're friends on the phone and on social media and now podcasts. But one day I'm going to get to hug your neck. And, but it's <laughs> neat to see this dysfunctional family that we have, the road rules, real world, the challengers. I mean, people that maybe you haven't even gotten along with all the time, right, have, have seen your journey and are rallying around you and saying, wow, I didn't even know she was dealing with that. Okay, so. You know, people have rallied around you and supported you online and on social media. And, uh, you know, how's that feel? It's just giving me more fire to fight. And, um, you know, I, I told my kids this morning, you know, it's it's been tough because, you know, when you're sick and you're, you're dealing with pain, sometimes the your emotions are not always the, the, clean, the cleanest or the kindest to the people that are around you. They're also dealing with processing your your transition right and so sometimes there's these clashes and i said to my kids i said you know the support that i'm getting from my school community and from the the, the challenge the challenge world and whatnot i said let's be clear i said it's not about me only it's the fact that folks see and they see themselves in this in this journey of survival and they know that you guys are going to be okay. Like, that's my biggest thing. I need you guys to be okay. So in those moments, getting all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, like, again, one of the reasons why, there's two reasons why I connect with you, John. Maybe we'll have time to talk about it. But in terms of, you know, the song I ain't done singing yet, you know, again, I think in so many times in our lives, we turn up the volume on the wrong song. Mm, we just turn you. it up. It doesn't mean that the other song doesn't isn't there. You know, the song that tells you that you're worthy, that you were made in God's perfect image, that you have value, that um, 
that that you have second chances like all all of those songs for whatever reason there are these moments times in our lives where we take those songs and we de- you know back in the day when we had cds we put them in the case and stick them in you know but we stick them in a file and we don't play them and then we turn up the volume on on the on the you're not enough song mm-hmm. we listen to it over and over again and we turn up the volume on the mm-hmm. you're you're not worthy song yeah but that's, that's it's an illusion it's a lie like i mm-hmm. told my kids you know i say the devil has no control he has no power the only thing the devil has is influence so if you open up your ears to listen to what the influence has to say and you you latch on to it that's a choice that you've made but at mm-hmm. any second even millisecond you can make a choice and say wait a minute that ain't the whole truth so i'm gonna turn maybe i need to go back to these other songs i need to turn up the volume and i need to remember who i am and i told him i'm like this this whole time is about remembering and amplifying and turning up the volume on the whole truth mm-hmm. you know god didn't put me here to survive for nothing so if that means I got to talk about pushing through cancer, if that means I got to talk about pushing through. But yeah, it's like we turn up the volume on the songs that sometimes we don't turn up the volume on the right ones. And so yeah, I think I told you this and you laughed and you were like, man, I wrote that song for me. And I was like, no, you yep. didn't. You wrote that song wrote for that all for the you. mothers. And I'm not going to say all the single mamas, but it's all the mamas. Well, <laughs> you know, hmm. you know, that's, it's like, that's amazing. It's just. You know, whereas your intention may not have been in that space when, and again, I just encourage anybody that's listening to this podcast, really listen to the lyrics. And then John had to school me because he's like, wait a minute, I got something else in there that you didn't catch either. (laughs) And, um, you know, when you talk about seeking and fishing and, you know, being (laughs) someone who's constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of that song, it said, and I'm still seeking and I'm going fishing. Somebody goes, oh, you wrote a country song. So you had to put fishing in there. I said, no, no, no. That line means I'm still seeking the Lord, even though mm-hmm. I'm, I'm singing a country song. I'm still seeking the Lord and I'm going fishing. I'm a fisher of men here to spread the gospel and the good news. And so they're like, oh man, that, that line's deep. But I remember having that conversation with you and Ayana, I know your, your children are getting ready to be home from school and I know you're tired. You've been through chemo. This has been such an important episode for us. And again, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're courageous, you're, you're a winner. If you don't mind, you've mentioned your surgery, and if it's too private, just tell me to hush. But when is your surgery so that we can pray specifically? Because I'm a believer in prayer, and I want to pray specifically for that date and that surgery. I know that's right. Well, right now, there's going to be a couple of people in the room, right? So you got, and this is for folks that may not know, I'm having a double mastectomy. So that will increase, at least in terms of the numbers, my life expectancy and my quality of life will reduce me having a recurrence of cancer mm-hmm. after this. Uh, so that means sometimes it's called, it's, it's called going flat. Um, lots of women are doing it now. Right. It was very traumatic to women for a very long time, which I also think contributes to the put off. And I see, I see Beth nodding her head, you know, because so much of what a woman is, what we're told that a woman is, is associated with our physical body. Yeah, and with the way together, you look. Yeah, and the way you look. Yeah. So yeah. there's that extra layer of, of jumping over just to survive and be alive, the transformation of your body. But at any rate, surgery day. So long and short of when you do 
when you do have a surgery, especially for a mastectomy, there's a plastic surgeon that's involved. There's a breast um, surgeon that specializes in the chest wall and the removal of breast tissue that's involved. There's also your oncologist because they're checking your numbers because depending upon, you know, your recovery, you're going to be either going into chemo and radiation or just radiation. So you got a couple of different people that are involved. And I'm at the Georgetown Lombardi Cancer Center. That being said, you know, the the date will more than likely be towards the end of March, first week of April. Um, but again, that's contingent upon just the timing of all the people that are involved. I'll know two weeks before my exact date, but I have that entire time just slated out. I'll be in the hospital for about a week and then I'll be home and then, uh, you know, say for any different complications. Um, and, but I will, listen, I, I will text you, John, you know how we do. Listen, I mean, we ever since, ever since we you. first started talking, you know, yeah. the Bible verses and everything, man. Well, like, listen, I want to encourage all of our listeners and because this is going to be an important episode because of your braveness to come on and share so transparently, it's going to be an important episode, but I want to encourage our our listeners to not just send good vibes and good thoughts. Obvious. Those are obvious. But if you're a praying person, send prayers. And I'm going to do something that I've never done on this podcast, done a lot in life, but I'm, I'm going to pray for you right here on this podcast. And I want to mention before that, because we want to let you go. We don't want to tax your energy and you got kids coming home and they need you and you need them. But I want to say this, there's a GoFundMe page that has started from Real World Challenge alumni, Rachel, and it's supported by Almost every person ever been on the challenge, lots of viewers. Some people are given $5, $10. Some people are given more and they keep raising the goal. Okay. They started at a certain number. And then I went back to check on how it was doing and it's been raised. It's been raised like two or three times. And I hope that every time they reach that goal, they just keep raising it to support you and to support your family and your beautiful kids. Cause there's a picture on that GoFundMe and we're going to put it in all of our social media links so that it's easy for you to find and click on. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the internet, but Yana, you deserve it. And we want to help you and rally around you and your family. But that picture of you and your kids is beautiful. And, and you're a great mother. They're beautiful. They're, they're beautiful. And um, I just, I'm just, I'm very grateful for anybody that would, that would take a piece of who they a piece of their resources and make that investment. Cause I told my kids, I, you know, I showed it to them and they were just like amazed. And I told them both, I said, to whom much is given. And when I say both, I mean, my olders, my long, younger ones are, they, they too little to get it just yet. But I said, to whom much is given, much is required. Embrace it. Do not be in fear of it and lead with knowing all of who you are, you know, um, and you gotta start praying more on your podcast. I do need to. Here we are. <laughs> we did. We did. But you know, I'm most of our podcast, like my grandmother, you like, all, hey, more. give me that lecture, sister. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Listen, you you just sit back and let people do for you right now. Let people pick up your kids from school. Let let people donate to your GoFundMe. Let, I mean, you didn't start it. You're not asking for a thing, but Rachel started it. And I've never met her, but we're a family at, at the challenge and road rules and real world. And you're a wonderful person. My whole request of anyone listening to this podcast right now, because again, who knows the day or the hour that you're going to be hearing my voice. If not 
you encourage or give somebody a ride, send them a link. Just make an appointment. Just make an appointment to get checked. If you're a guy, you know, prostate, if you're a woman, mammogram or both. Uh, we that It's not what it all, always used to be. The treatment is, like I said, it's not easy, but it's a lot better than what we grew up with. And I'm really talking to my my, my 35 and ups right now because, you know, what we've all experienced in our lifetime as it relates to cancer is going, it just looks very different than what the younger ones will have to experience, um, you know, and again, it, it matters. Just know that every dollar you donate to Susan G. Komen, your local initiatives around cancer, it does make a difference. Many times your local initiatives, whether it's, you know, your church community or your government, they generally will take those dollars and they will help out families, not only like mine, but those that don't have the challenge community behind them and maybe may not have a whole lot of supports or maybe they have a lot of supports, but maybe just not the best health insurance. My treatment is easily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, full stop. It's easily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. However, that's offset dramatically by the insurance that I have right now and the unique circumstances that I'm in. And even I need help. I can't imagine what it would be like without that. So whatever you can do to either prevent yourself from being in my situation or assist someone who is, click the links, make the call, make the appointment, save your life or the life of someone else. And I just, again, Beth, John, I thank y'all for letting y'all, letting me have time on your platform to talk about it. I'm taking on this fight along with every woman that ever has, you know, one of the women that is the reason why we all here, Mary Ellis Bunum from Bunum Murray. Mm. She passed of breast cancer. Yeah. And uh, she passed of breast cancer, I believe, well, just a few months after my mom passed in the mm. same oh, year, wow. 2000. And so... You know, we think about DM, that's a part of the challenge community that passed of cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one in eight. It's one in eight women. So if my time on this on this earth and part of the work that God has for me before I leave, if this is it, then let's go. I just again, I just appreciate you. I appreciate you again, John, for creating an anthem. I had this seat because I had an old van then. So I had your CD. Because I had a CD player in my van. <laughs> and that was the only CD I had. <laughs> so, you know, and my kids, they were like, Mom, are you playing the song? They could they used to call it the song. You're playing the <laughs> song again? And I'm like, yes, because I'd be in my van, pat on blast with the windows down, like just singing the words and just letting the truth of that song Fill my cup. What made you listen to that song? We weren't even friends then. We didn't even know each other. What made I you? Watched, I watched the Real World Homecoming, and I was mad. Uh, we're gonna have you back on when you're feeling strong and recovered. We're gonna have you back on, and we'll talk all about the the challenge. We'll talk all about the life and the stuff. But right now, I'm I'm, I'm gonna pray for you, and then we'll play. I ain't done singing yet. All right, let's go. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I am humbled by this sister and, and I love her. And I, I thank you for allowing us to get to know her maybe on a television screen or on a reality show, but thank you for allowing her to be on this podcast. And Lord, your word says that if we ask for anything in your name, in the strong healing name of Jesus, that it'll be given. That's what your scripture says. That's what your promise says. And so in the name of Jesus, in the healing, powerful, 
wonderful, saving name of Jesus, we pray that you would completely heal and restore Ayana. Bring her through this cancer. Bring her through these surgeries. Give her strength. Lord, ease her pain during this chemotherapy. These treatments, they're horrible. They're hard to go through, but she is strong and she is faithful and she is giving you all the praise. And uh, Father, we, we again, we ask and we ask because we know that you hear and we ask because we know that when we ask according to your will, we receive. So we ask in Jesus name that you heal her of this cancer, completely restore her, put her back into her regular routine with her children. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, God. I've been gone for a minute. I've been back in the shadows. Bet people are talking, probably wondering where'd he go. I kind of disappeared. Yeah, that's true. What's it to you? I've been cruising them back roads and crossing them oceans. I've been off of that map, oh, I was going, going, going. I've been gone long enough, long enough. Now I'm coming back. Cause I ain't done living and I ain't done loving. But I don't have no regrets and I ain't done dreaming. I ain't done growing. I ain't done singing yeah well, I got people to see still got a lot of places to go I got a lot of needs learned there's so much I want to know and it's never too late to get back to it so let's get back to it cause I ain't done living no I ain't done Listening to Getting Real with John and Beth on the Pantheon Podcast Network. 
Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Firioli. Edited by Michael DeVestia. Produced by Lindley Ehrlich. Hosted by Bess Delarchek and John Brennan. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow Beth at Best Real World and follow John at JohnBrennan.com. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at Getting Real with John and Beth. Until next time, keep it real. Beth! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.